You are listening to the Just Between Us Women podcast, hosted by Leah Brueggemann and Katherine Johnson. We are bringing you conversations about topics you might feel strongly about, but are too afraid to begin. How we navigate entrepreneurship as a wife and a mom without losing ourselves in either identity. We want to open the conversation and how we continue to grow in our faith while pursuing our passions. How strong communities of women help us to grow personally and ways to foster them. And taboo subjects no one wants to bring up don't need to be a business owner, a wife, or a mom to come join us. All you have to have is a desire for discussions that scratch deeper than the surface. So we had some blips with this audio recording. So you're going to hear me kind of come in and out a little bit as I tried to re-record some bits so that you can really get the whole picture. The message was so good, so I, I still really wanted to keep it for you all. Hey ladies, so this is a solo episode today. Catherine could not make it, so you're just gonna get me. If you haven't recognized my voice by now, it's Leah. And I brought on a really, really special person to me. So this is Mrs. Ann Morrowvetter. And I I bet you what I still called all adults by their last name, and I just cannot bring myself. <laughs> to change it so you will always be Mrs. Morrow better to me well, um to call me Anne so <laughs> putting that out there okay so I went to college with her daughter and so when I started college I so I came in as this I don't even know how to describe myself but I was like this I innocent little girl and I ran into Jenna and Jenna is Catholic <laughs> and I was Catholic and we're like oh my gosh someone that believes the same thing as me because <laughs> we were in um music school which is like I don't know just use your wildest imagination and you know with theater kids and I'm pretty sure you probably nailed it on the head so it was just so amazing to run into someone who had more conservative beliefs and morals and all of that kind of stuff and then I met Jenna's family and of course um, fell in love with them and Miss Marlvetter and I always had amazing uh, fireside chat all the time and I wanted to bring her on to chat because she's gone through some really cool things in her life and she's homeschooled and um, I know that there's some moms on here that also homeschool and I don't obviously because Landon is 15 months so we wanted to bring on someone oh, really? yeah he, he'll get there in a little bit <laughs> um so we wanted to bring on someone to kind of talk about that in the different stages of life and how you can pros and cons to all of this and we just we just bring on some more guests to that you guys can relate to so I would love if you could share a little bit about yourself just Anything that you would love to share our audience? Oh, goodness. Um, well, my story in terms of venturing into homeschooling wasn't the typical one, but um, I would say I was a career woman coming out of college and uh, really loved all of that. And God really took me in a different direction, which we'll get into later. But it kind of opened up my life in a lot of different ways and grew me in a lot of different ways. And um, I have three daughters. 
And my niece is also a daughter to me. So I guess I would say I have four daughters. And so going on five grandchildren now. That's and awesome. Life has definitely changed after 17 years of homeschooling. And, and now I get to be a grandmother and watch my grandchildren grow and learn. And it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. So, okay, talk to me a little bit about where you were before you decided to school, because I, like you said, I know that you had a very successful career and job before you decided to homeschool. So can you kind of walk me through like that, that transition, like what made you decide to leave that in homeschool? Like, what was that transition like for you? Okay. So <clears throat> First of all, we'll, we'll go at the career aspect of it. I really, really loved my job. And when my husband and I were first married, we didn't know anything about homeschooling. We really hadn't even heard about it. So when we had our first child, it wasn't as if you know we looked at that child and said, oh, we're gonna move to a farm, grind our own grain, grow our own fruits and vegetables and homeschool, you know, we, we just, <laughs> That was, not, that was not the fairy tale for us. Um, I actually thought I was going to return to work. Yeah. And that was our plan. Because for us at the time, my income was about twice my husband's. Wow. So we had just bought a larger home. We were intending for me to return to work. And um, God totally took us in a different direction because yeah. when I was, yeah, I, I had a six month maternity leave. So we had saved quite a bit of money while I was pregnant so that I could take an extended leave from my job. And, you know, my boss had even gotten, purchased a subscription for me to Working Mother Magazine, right? I, he was I, pushing you. <laughs> yeah. I was set and ready to go. And the plan was in place. Well, after being home for six months, right? I, I looked down at my daughter and I just, I just couldn't do it. I, I just knew I couldn't leave her. And so I talked to my husband and we really, really had to pray at that point mm -hmm. that God would make this possible. And, and then of course we had to do our part. So we yep. put the home on the market, even though we had just purchased it and started to scale back a lot of unnecessary expenses. And he looked for a job in Michigan so that we could move home so I could be with my family. And let me tell you, the pieces just fell into place. God yep. brought a perfectly timed buyer for our home in Ohio and a perfectly timed job for my husband in Michigan. And it could not have worked out better. So I, I really have to give the glory to God in terms of the decision to stay home. And, mm -hmm. you know, the decision to homeschool is a, a whole different story. But oh, yeah. in terms of the decision to stay home, yeah, it, that's, that sums it up. Yeah. I want to tap into something you said really quick. So you said you know, we put it in God's hands, but then we had to do our part. And I just, I dropped multiple mics for you at that point, <laughs> because I see that so much. And I think it's so important to remember that 
you are praying, you're asking God and you're knocking on that door, but you have to do your part. And the best analogy I've ever heard for this is um, somewhat, oh my gosh, what is it? The, the guy was in um, the lake drowning. He's like, God, please save me. And this fish comes along in his boat and he's like, oh, do you want me to pick you up? And the guy's like, no, God's going to save me. And then another guy comes along in a boat. And he's like, oh, do you want me to pick you up? He's like, no, God's going to save me. And eventually he drowns. And he's like, God, I was asking you to save me. He's like, I sent you boats, <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, we're asking and God doesn't always necessarily answer us the direct way that we're asking for, you know, you know, like you could have been looking for, oh, your husband to just all of a sudden get an amazing raise or however you were looking for an answer, but you know, you have to pray about it, but then you, you have to do your part. Like you have to actually start being proactive. That is so true. You, we really needed to be ready for God's answer because it took a lot of change in the way that we were living. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, vacations were a thing of the past for a while. Yeah. And adjusting from two incomes to one, um, we had to make several changes. Yeah. And, it took time, you, it took persistence. Yeah. Did you have any, like, talk to me about the feelings that like came up for you, like leaving behind um, that job that paid so much? Like, how did you, like, what did you feel like? Did you feel um, sad about it? Were you happy about it? Like what came up for you? You know, that's interesting because I, I've thought about that. And with our first child, I think I was so I was so enthralled with learning motherhood mm -hmm. and so steeped into that, that I didn't really think a whole lot at first about my feelings of leaving the career. Yeah. That kind of came later. I would say that okay. didn't really hit me until our three children were very young. So say newborn, one and a half and three and a half, right? Mm -hmm. Right in that stage where motherhood is really intense and basically, you're just focused on keeping them alive, right? You're, you're really, I mean, you're, yep. It, there's so much activity that goes on when you have children that are that young and so, and you have them close together. So when that, when that stage hit, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is so routine, so mundane. I've lost those great accolades I used to get from my job, right? Mm. A project well completed, a job well done. You saved the company a bunch of money. Oh, you know, hooray. And you just, you feel very affirmed by all of that when you have a career. Yeah. And sometimes I don't think we're very well prepared mentally for that shift into motherhood. Yeah, yeah there's no like balloons that go off when you serve. <laughs> exactly yeah I feel that um I feel that a lot and I know Catherine and I have talked about that a few times where it's just um where it's important to have those hobbies because thoroughly enjoy playing with your kid and being a mom and being just being present but you know right now you know we just 
play a lot of blocks and we build a lot of towers and we drive a lot of plastic trucks and you know at, at some point you know during the day I do just get to my limit of building towers <laughs> not that I don't enjoy that time but I think it is important to also have that time outside as well right right and I think that's where your spouse comes in right and and being open with your spouse about those feelings and leaning on your spouse to help you with a little bit of self-care time because mm -hmm. we don't want to lose ourselves as moms in the midst of that busyness of the younger years with our kids we don't want to lose ourselves as women mm -hmm. and I think having close female friendships is really vital being able to break away from the home life because it's you know it's good for our husbands to have time with the children without us hovering around yes you know they need to develop that time and those relationships one-on-one -on -one. so i think for me it was very important to have a time where i could break away from motherhood and go and have a cup of coffee with a friend um, go exercise we we developed that pattern pretty early um, after dinner a couple nights a week and on one weekend morning i would just grab my gym bag wave i would leave and i'd go exercise for an hour and a half and you know it wasn't a huge amount of time out of the week but it gave my husband focused time with the kids and it gave me a chance to blow off some steam and and stay healthy yeah <laughs> i i totally understand that and i i'm gonna be honest like i I personally like always struggle with like the mindfulness that comes with being a mom. And I'm not saying this because I don't love being a mom, but um, I am a very active person and I have a lot of different activities. And so for me, you know, it was really hard to start having a schedule where it completely revolves around my child's sleep schedule, especially since he's a horrible sleeper. So having those activities outside of that was, you know, hobbies was really, really important. And I do have to say, you know, Seb going grocery shopping and taking Landon with him was always amazing because then I would have a couple hours to get done whatever I needed to get done. Yeah. And I think that's so good and so important because when you can break away for a little bit, whatever it is, it gives you a chance to re-energize and you, you come back to your motherhood with a little more joy and a little more spring in your step because mm -hmm. you've had a break. I, I can even remember one time, I think I was pregnant with our third child and it was winter here in Michigan. And we had gotten a bunch of snow. My husband came home from work and he said, I, I've got a shovel. And I said, oh no, I've got a shovel. And he said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, no, please just let me go out and shovel. And I did. And, and that was my break. And it felt wonderful to be out there knowing he was taking care of the kids. And I was outside getting some fresh air and shoveling snow. And it was, it was everything I needed in the moment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's just so, it's nice to know that you can just let your mind just go eh, without having to worry that anybody's going to die. You know? Yeah. Just, you don't have to think. Yes, that's a real gift. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's kind of dive into homeschooling a little bit. Um, what brought up the decision to homeschool? Because obviously, you know, you're staying, you're staying home, but there's that's a big jump then to homeschool. So, like I mentioned, we had never even heard of homeschooling, and when we had our first child, we had never talked about that, and she even attended preschool for age three and age four preschool. So when she was about four years old, we knew it was time to start looking at our school options. So, you know, we did, we did our homework. We made appointments with, I think, three different public schools and two different parochial schools. And I went in and probably spent two to three hours in each location observing in the classroom and talking to principals just so that we could make the best school choice possible for our for our kids and after spending some time observing i was really struck by some things um i was struck by the wide variation in learning levels among the kids in the classroom and the disruptions as well that teachers have to manage and um, so, you know, after kind of talking this over with my husband and pulling together all of our thoughts on it, we settled on one of our local parochial schools. Yeah. And um, so we thought everything was done. We registered her and her name went into a lottery and she ended up 25th on the waiting list for kindergarten. Oh, wow. Yeah. So at that point, we thought, okay, now what, God? So we did the only thing we knew to do in a point like that. We just started praying. And I asked God, please make this really clear because I am really lost here. Well, after that prayer, right, right around that time, the very next three visits that we went for park playdates with the kids, mm -hmm. Um, my kids found these little playmates at the park on these three separate occasions that were very, very kind, well-behaved kids. And I was struck by that. And I kind of felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to go introduce myself to the parents, which is hard for me because I'm naturally introverted. So that's not something I normally do. So I did. I listened. And on all three occasions, I went up, introduced myself, and then in the course of the conversation, asked those moms, so where do your kids go to school? And every time I got the same answer, we homeschool. Uh, yep. And, and I just saw the joy on their faces. And I asked them to tell me a little bit more about that. So I learned some things. And I went home and I told my husband and we, we took the hint and we just ran with it. And the rest is history, really. What are some pros and cons? Yeah, yeah. So what do you want me to start with first? To the advantages or the disadvantages? Um, let's talk about the disadvantages so we can end with a positive. Okay. Um, kind of ties back to some of the things we, we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It can be very difficult to carve out couple time and yep. self-care time. 
Um, so you really have to be a good time manager. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, obviously we don't want to feel robotic in the way we go about having a relationship with our spouse, right? While we're mm-hmm. raising kids. But, you, but it really does help to put it on the calendar, to put mm-hmm. something on the calendar, even if it's just once or twice a month, to plan a date night, even if it's just taking a walk at a park for a few hours. And so obviously then to make that happen, it's helpful to have a couple good, reliable babysitters, right? Yeah. So start looking at and asking questions as early as you can to find those trustworthy, you know, older teenage kids that you can bring in and watch your kids for a few hours. That really, really helps. And in terms of the self-care piece of it, it can be difficult. But one thing that I really found to be helpful is getting up an hour or two before my kids would wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I know that's not always possible because sometimes you have that little straggler kid that is up at 6 a.m. or whatever. Um, (laughs) But if, if a mom, a young mom can make that happen, I think it helps to be able to have your breakfast, get yourself dressed, fix your hair if you feel so inclined, pray, and just kind of get your mind and your heart settled before the kids wake up. Yeah. That made a huge difference for me. Being able to be proactive. Yeah. Um, so the thing that seems so intimidating to me, homeschooling, is that you have to teach so many subjects, so many different age levels every single day, all at the same <laughs> Did you ever have this fear that they weren't going to get a good education? Like, how did, did you ever have that fear? Were you just... I never had that fear. And I think because I was naturally somewhat of an organized person. You are. And, I... and so I always made sure I had a good organizational tool to use. Okay. So whether that was a really good planner. Now, obviously this was before the days of the smartphone, um, but I always used some type of a planning device and sometimes I had to create my own. So oh. it was like a grid where I would have time blocks of the day on one side and subjects or, or yeah, subjects across the top. And then within each block, I would fill in what each child would be doing at that time. And, yeah. and I always, um, I really leaned into other moms, other more experienced moms and sought their advice when it came to choosing curriculum and making sure that the curriculum was rich, but also focused, um, focused on the core subjects without getting off on too many unnecessary tangents, particularly in the early years, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to overwhelm the kids. So yeah. keeping it simple was, was important. Yeah. So I'm hearing from this that like, don't try to do it by yourself. Go get a community that also homeschool. Oh, absolutely. Not only don't try to do it by yourself, 
Um, but don't think all the instruction has to come from you. So, oh, okay, okay. You know, say for example, if you get into the later years of schooling and you're not necessarily comfortable with a particular subject, but your husband is, mm-hmm. tap into your husband's knowledge, tap into the, the expertise of another homeschool mom, and perhaps you can swap subjects. Yeah. Um, kind of share, share the teaching. And we even brought in outside instructors for um, music, for art on occasion, and for foreign language. And gave me a little opportunity to learn some other teaching techniques and gave me a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, dang. I didn't even think about foreign language. Yeah, that's like a whole <laughs> other ball game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah. what is your favorite part about homeschool or was your favorite part? I would say there were a couple things. One was being there for those aha moments when your child is just really grappling with something and they can't visualize it, they can't get it, and all of a sudden something clicks Mm -hmm. and you see it in their eyes and there's just so much joy. Um, I just, I loved that. And in fact, there were some of those aha moments for me too in teaching the faith. You know, growing up Catholic and going through, I I had 16 years of Catholic education. I kind of took the faith for granted. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, I just, things were true because they were true. And I, I didn't really look deeply at why they were true. I just accepted them on faith, right? Yeah. Well, when you're teaching these things to your kids, you discover why they're true. Mm -hmm. Well, you you discover the scriptural basis for why they're true, the the church history basis for why these things are true. And that was a beautiful thing. To be able to embrace the truths of the faith at the same time that, that my kids were learning them. And it, it reinforced my own faith. Yeah. Um, I just love that. Yeah, that totally makes sense because um, even teaching piano after I graduated. When I graduated college, that when I was teaching, I would be teaching a concept and I would just think, oh, that's why my piano teacher always had me do this. It finally made sense after I started teaching it. Yeah. Like, finally made sense to me I just been doing it because they told me to (laughs) right right yeah Yeah. and and kind of along those same lines in terms of the faith is you really have this golden opportunity when you homeschool to address the as they get older obviously to address the deep moral issues of our time Mm -hmm. and let's face it I mean there's a lot of them right now Yep. And because you are there and because you are teaching history, teaching faith, teaching science, you have an opportunity to help them see all of that through the lens of the moral teachings of the faith. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, an, in another environment, that might be censored. 
and not allowed. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, and I know that like so many parents still do that with their kids, whether they're homeschooled or not homeschooled, sure. but I can see that. That you don't have to reteach something. Oh yeah. You know, but um, it's, yeah, you have a lot more control over the narrative that they're getting. This is kind of a loaded question, but when you were done homeschooling, did you feel like you lost your purpose since homeschooling had been such a big part of your life up until this time? It was definitely a big part of my life, but I have to say that because of the way education goes with a homeschooled child, you it's kind of a gradual release, mm-hmm. right? Um, when your child moves through the high school years, <laughs> my involvement was less and less because they're learning their own time management. They're learning how to own their schedules and how to meet deadlines and due dates without being spoon fed Mm -hmm. because that's really what prepares them for college. Right. And so with each passing year through high school, my role shifted and I became just more of a guidance counselor Um, someone there to kind of ask the questions and review and make sure they were getting the key concepts. Mm -hmm. But my involvement was not as hands-on. And because of that, they were ready to spread their wings and I was ready to let go. Yeah. Does that make sense? Was it a dance party at the end? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) A little bit. it, It was just really exciting. I mean, I guess I would say instead of feeling a lack of purpose, I've just felt an abundance of blessing. That, right. That's how I would, that's how I would sum it up. And I did, I did feel a little bit of a lull in my life for that first few months after my youngest graduated. And my natural tendency would be to kind of fill that with activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of took a deep breath and gave myself time just to be silent and have a quieter life for a while and let God fill in that space and give some direction. And that really helped me. Um, yeah. I didn't rush into anything right away. Yeah. Silence is hard. Yes. <laughs> well, you don't like to talk, Leah. No. <laughs> No one would ever accuse me of talking. What? Um, Okay. So what did you then do? Like, what was your, did you find another activity to do outside of that? I mean, now I know you have grandkids, which, you know, definitely fill your life. Um, I would say after I kind of gave it some quiet time, my husband and I started with a little bit more involvement and some things going on at church. Mm -hmm. So that, that was the biggest thing for us. And also reconnecting with friends, having more time with friends, because many of my homeschooling friends were also graduating all of their kids out. Yeah. So we had a little bit more time for each other and time to connect as couples without our kids. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole new thing for us, right? I can imagine. Yeah. And, and many of those friendships are, are still intact. That, 
that's another beautiful thing about homeschooling is that it creates these lifelong friendships, not only for the parents, but for the kids too. Because you do so many things as whole family units, right? And then Jenna was telling me that you have been learning how to be a doula, right? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, That's a recent thing. Yeah, that's cool. How's that going? Well, I'm, I have my temporary doula certification because I really only did it so that I could make sure I could be in the hospital with our youngest daughter who's about to deliver her first baby. So with all of the quote unquote restrictions right now, um, I was not going to be allowed to be in the hospital with her when she delivered and she was very upset by that. So we discovered that if I became a certified birth assistant, I could be in the, in the hospital with her. But then it ended up not even being necessary because she decided on a home birth. So, yeah, but Hey, it was great learning. I learned a lot through that program. Yeah. I wish I knew all of it when I had my kids. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Um, Is Maria having a boy or a girl? Do you know? She's having a boy. Yeah. Um, so my last thing that I would love for you to kind of just, um, share with us is what are your, what are your top tips to top tips to moms? I mean, I know that every mom is different, but you know, you've been a mom and now you're a grandma. Um, so do you have some advice that you would love to share to us young? Sure. I would say one point we, we already touched on is just get organized and stay organized. You know? Find something that really works for you because that will make life a lot smoother for everybody in the household. Mm-hmm. And you'll hold on to your sanity if you have some way to know I'm on track for today. I know what we have to get done. And when you get to the end of the day, obviously there's going to be a lot of days where you don't get it all done, but at least you know where you are yeah. and you know where to begin the next day. I don't think that there's ever a day when I check off everything off of my to-do list and everything is done. It's just a never ending sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's going to be common, especially when you have multiple kids, right? Um, Yeah. I know. I only have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you only get better with each one. So be encouraged. I will remind. (laughs) That's right. Um, do you have any other advice that you would just like to share in general about anything? Um, I guess be confident, be confident. And in the, in the words of James Dobson, dare to discipline, Mm. you know, don't be afraid to have consequences for your kids that actually mean something to them. Yeah. Right. Because even if your children attend a conventional school, there are consequences if they don't cooperate, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there needs to be some, you know, whether that's a privilege that's removed, but your children will need to learn that there are things they have to do in life, whether they want to do them or not, because that's real life. Yeah. And, um, and also, I guess, um, even if, 
someone who's listening to the podcast isn't planning to homeschool for whatever the reason, mm-hmm. know that you can still obviously have your finger on the pulse of your child's mind and heart. And you can use that time around the dinner table to kind of, I know some families that had this routine where each person would share a high point and a, and a low point from their day. Mm-hmm. And that really gave the parents a window into each child's world. Mm-hmm. And, and that way you could go back and, and touch base with a child if you kind of thought there might be something deeper going on there. So obviously you don't have to be a homeschooler to really stay in touch, really be involved um, as deeply as your heart desires with your, with your child. I love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Oh, well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I, I'm not much into the social media world, but my daughter Jenna has told me about all of your ventures and, and just how much you're helping young moms to just stay healthy and support their well-being. And I think that's a really, really important mission. So I applaud you for what you're doing. And you go, girl. Keep at it. Thank you for listening to the Just Between Us Women podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Just Between Us Women podcast, and we absolutely would love to hear from you. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend and be sure to share it to your Instagram story and tag us so we can see. You can expect episodes every Tuesday.